Welcome to the You Matter Podcast, where together we'll laugh, grow, and learn to love others more each day. We believe that each person has intrinsic value and everyone has a story that's still unfolding. Join us as we hear stories of real people and get inspired to go out to remind people in this world that they matter too. Well, hey everybody, welcome to episode five of the You Matter podcast. I'm just super excited for today's episode and to have today's guest on. Lori is a special friend in my life and in so many others. She is a military wife, sister, daughter, and mom to three kids, Kyle, Grace, and Bethany, and their <laughs> their beloved dog, Pumpkin. My mom yes. told me you had to include that. Don't forget her. <laughs> yes. And she is also my cousin and just part of our family. She's lived all over the world, and I just admire her strong and deep-rooted faith in the Lord. That's just been an inspiration to me and to others. So I would love to welcome Lori Dunham to the podcast. Hey, Lori. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. It'll be so good. Um, It will. So would you just want to share a little bit about yourself and just kind of what life has been looking like for you lately? And Sure, yeah. Like you said, I'm a mom. We are, my husband's in the military, so we have actually just moved to a new um, duty station about a month and a half before the coronavirus happened. So we had just gotten settled and getting involved in activities and school and church and things, and then everything stopped. So we've had to make some adjustments as everybody has, but it's been actually a really sweet family time. Um, Our college student, our college student came home from New York the end of his senior year. So he's been here and we knew all along that he would be moving to California after graduation. So we kind of treasure this time. We know that um, it wasn't time that we were supposed to have with him. So we've just really enjoyed that. And it's been great. Um, yeah, we've just been in our house a lot. We're, <laughs> we're, we still like each other and <laughs> we're having That's a lot of fun good. at home. Overall, we're having a lot of fun. It, you know, there are moments, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all families, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Have you guys had like a favorite family thing that you've been doing, like a favorite just activity that you guys have been Mm. doing together? Well, yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone would answer that differently. My youngest (laughs) and my oldest, they love to wrestle. So they (laughs) had tons of wrestling matches in the living room. But what I have loved the most is actually watching church together on Sunday mornings, because normally um, my husband is a chaplain. in the military. So a lot of times he's working Sunday mornings. Other times, if he's not at a chapel, we're in a church, but many times the kids are all off in their different programs. So we kind of like just scatter on Sunday morning and come home on the way home from church. You know, of course we're asking, what did you guys learn in church today? And they forget, (laughs) but it's been really neat to all watch the same thing together And then not just disperse after church or, oh, let's hurry up and get lunch, you know, but we've had the time to really linger and talk about just different, different aspects of the sermons that we've heard. So, and they've led into some really good discussions and our kids are somewhat 
spread out in age. So our oldest is 22 and our youngest is 13. But it's really been neat to um, even have those conversations maybe with the 22-year-old, but um, the 13-year-old is able to grasp onto it as well. So it's been, I have enjoyed Sunday mornings the best. Um, now, I think I've asked my kids, like, what do we feel like needs to start again to feel normal, like that life is back to normal? And I think we all agreed that once church opens again, we would feel like life is back on track. So we're all definitely looking forward to that. But it's been really great to have that time to just um, talk through what we hear in the sermons on Sunday morning. Yeah. And so true. Like, it is so nice to be able to watch all together. Yeah. I do miss worship, though. Like, worshiping with, that's what I've thought when everything is back to normal. I'll probably appreciate that the most of, like, worshiping with a bunch of people still. And, I mean, God hears our worship just the same. But I do miss that part of church. So, (laughs) So, yeah. So, I'm so excited to just hear your insight and just kind of what God's been teaching you and stuff. But, I also want to ask just my favorite question to ask. I think it's just valuable to look back on the times that people have made us feel special and just how that's shaped us. So I would love to ask you that favorite question of mine of just when, when was a time that someone made you feel like you matter? Sure. I was thinking about this question and I know a lot of people probably answer it with one person, but the more I thought about this question, the more I realized My home church has made me feel like I mattered from the time I can remember. Um, I was born and raised in one church, the same church your mom was raised in. And I just feel like from the youngest age, I would walk in there and they would know me. They knew me. They loved me. They were happy that I was there. People would smile at me and come up to me and hug me. And it just was, you know, I think we all have this innate um, desire to belong and to be known. And we see it in the military. These young guys come in and they just want to be a part of something bigger than them. And they want, everyone wants to feel known and loved. And my church body had, has been that for me, for my whole life, even as you know, an adult, I can go back there and walk in and someone, at least they seem genuinely excited to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like they really captured just like nurturing the kids in their church, you know, where maybe they saw my potential more than what they, I didn't have everything all together, but they saw where the Lord was leading me and the talents and the gifts that I had and the other kids had in the church. And I really feel like they, as individuals and a body of believers, I think did a really good job of nurturing that and allowing us to kind of come into our own. So awesome. And I think that's so true too. Just the couple times I've visited with my grandma too, like they have only seen me just a handful of times since I was a kid but someone Mm -hmm. you're right like does remember you and makes you feel just like they're so happy you're there and they really do yeah big hugs big smiles right Um, right yeah you know and it just goes back to that wanting to belong somewhere and that was just always somewhere where I felt like I belonged yeah that's really awesome and that is like something we all 
desire. And so when we can have those people who make us feel like, hey, you're really wanted here and right. I want to know you. And that just goes a really long way. So exactly, I love that. exactly. I love that you mentioned too about the boys and just, I've never really thought about um, kind of how Darren is probably just such an influence on their lives too and them wanting um, just a place to belong and everything too. So have you right, guys, right. that is just like a really special ministry too, just getting to walk alongside those guys. Yeah, he's, he's had, we together, you know, I don't have quite as much opportunity as he does, of course, but he's just had some really unique opportunities to go where they go and be alongside of them in situations that um, most ministers aren't, you know, yeah. he go, he would go to war with the Marines in Iraq or um, down in the engine rooms on a ship and just be where they are. And um, it's, it's very much like a youth ministry because a lot of them are younger than even our son now at this age. And, um, you know, the theme that he sees throughout for sure is just these, um, and I think it's true of our culture in general, not just the military, but everyone just wants to belong somewhere and to be accepted. Um, and of course, what better place to be loved and accepted than the body of Christ in church? <laughs> of yeah. course, other places fill that as well. But true fulfillment is going to come, of course, when you're in a relationship with the Lord and um, the body of believers that is the church. So true. That is really cool and a really awesome opportunity uh, just to show God's love in that way and kind of be there for them in like, even in the messy and in the difficult trenches, mm-hmm. just get sure. to be there for them in that. So that's awesome. And kind of just like, I mean, Darren's kind of being a parent figure for them, but I also just love how just how much your kids and your love for your kids radiates in your life too. And I know, I think you had a blog for a while. and I did. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'd love for you to just talk on how you and Darren have navigated parenting in like all the different places in the world you've been. Sure, and sure. All the life <laughs> changes and everything of kids of just different ages. I just sure. love your wisdom on that. Well, it changes, right? So I, I do feel like, and many people might, I say this in jest, but our oldest was probably parented a lot differently than our youngest (laughs) for good and bad. Right. Um, Right. You're not quite sure what you're doing with the first, but I do feel like God compensates for that as well. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we've just, over the years it changes and um, you know, we by no means are perfect at all. Um, But you kind of learn what works and what doesn't work. And for us, of course, our biggest desire for our kids is just to see them come to the Lord and live in um, intimate relationship with him, which I desire for any um, young person to know that they are valued and loved, not just by their human parents, because we fail and we're going to disappoint them, which we've done. And we, you know, say things we shouldn't say, but they have a father in heaven who ultimately loves them and he does not fail. He does not leave. He does not um, forget them or mess up at all. Right. So you have that 
relationship available to you. And that's the one thing we want to instill in our kids, of course, is um, not just knowledge of God, but an intimate relationship with him um, through Jesus Christ. So that, of course, has been our major goal for our children and just open dialogue with them. I've always struggled. I I did have a blog and I prefer writing than speaking (laughs) because I feel like I I can formulate my thoughts better. And I've always had a hard time, um, you know, drawing, maybe drawing my kids out into conversation, into um, feel, not necessarily theological conversation, but just drawing out the importance of faith and what it means. And I realized as I got older and parented more, I got better at it. And just being really authentic with my kids, like I think probably with my oldest, I didn't know how to go to him and say, hey, I messed up. I'm really sorry. I should not have said that. I should not have treated you that way. Um, But over time and maturing in my faith, Um, And in my parenting, I've been able to grow into those things and just share with my kids if they're experiencing some hurt or something that they feel offended by, not necessarily just with me, but in life in general, for me to be able to pull from my experience and share with them like, hey, this happened to me and this is how I dealt with it. It just helps them to realize like, oh, wow, she does know what I'm going through. Instead of feeling like you have to have it all together, you have to have all the answers. Um, You're not going to have all the answers all the time, but you can say, yeah, that really stinks. You know, how can we go about making it better and um, just going from there? So it's always, I think any parent would say it's a work in progress, but um, open communication and sharing, of course, just the love of Christ with them and just tr- entrusting them to him because ultimately I can't change their hearts, right? Only God can do that. So, but that's my prayer for each of my kids. That is awesome and so cool to hear and just such an awesome thing to be authentic, I think, with your kids too. Like- mm-hmm. And just with all the people we interact with, like, hey, like, we're not perfect. And right. that's a <laughs> great thing to be reminded of, of like, wow, good. Like, because I mean, I know I feel like, man, I just mess up and I can't get it right sometimes. Right. So things, but it's so nice to know, like, we are not going to in our human, you know. Exactly. In condition, but right. to be able to relate in that way is so cool. And I love that you talk about going to them being like, hey, sorry, I said something that like I probably shouldn't have and I'm so sorry that hurt you but that you talk about how draw them to well you have a heavenly father that you know I'll mess up but he never does and Mm -hmm. that's so cool that like that verse in second corinthians that just made me think of it when he talks about how his power is made perfect in our weakness Mm. and I'm always like oh thank goodness (laughs) right exactly (laughs) exactly And I love that you just talk about just wanting them to have an intimate relationship with Jesus just over any knowledge Mm -hmm. they could have over anything else. So Yes, yes, over anything else, that is what I want them to know, you know. So it's the most important, and everything else will fall into place around that. So, Well, I think you do an awesome job of that. Thank you. (laughs) It's only by God's grace, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But yes, I think 
whenever I talk with you and even now I'm talking about um, your kids and how God does that, I think you do just radiate God's love and just a desire for him to be so in the center of it all. So I'd love to just ask you kind of how you've grown close to him to know him through your life. I know you're talking about church and just how that was instrumental too, but yeah, just kind of how you describe just growing closer to him throughout your life. Sure, sure. I It's one of the things I talk to my kids about too, just the difference between knowing about God and knowing God intimately. And, you know, I think I've been a Christian for a long time now. Um, I became a Christian in my home church when I was very, very young. Um, and there's, you know, I think ups and downs in your faith, but I've always felt a strong desire to know him intimately, not just know about him. And I've done better at times than others, of course, like most people have. But in talking to my children, one thing I've said is like, you're not going to wake up one day and just decide, oh, my habit is to read the Bible every morning or every night before I go to bed or do a prayer journal or whatever it is that you, um, helps you connect with the Lord, which for me is daily Bible study. I do like to journal, although as a parent, I don't have as much time to journal as I used to (laughs) as like a college student. But, um, you know, finding those things, it's not going to look the same for everyone, but you have to spend time. I tell my kids, you have to spend time with someone if you want a relationship with them. So however that looks to you, if it's taking a walk by yourself and praying to God while you're on that walk or waking up 30 minutes earlier to sit and have um, quiet time with the Bible and prayer before your kids wake up, you need that time. And you're not going to just wake up one day and say, oh, it's a habit of mine now. Like you have to kind of discipline yourself to do that, which I know discipline is not a fun word, right? Right? Yeah. (laughs) I do. I do feel for me, I feel something missing when I don't get to do it. It's like a craving that I have. And I believe that as you do it, the craving will grow in you and you will be there. So it may start out hard if it's something that you just haven't done or built a habit around doing, you know, it might be hard at the beginning, but I do believe God places that desire in you. And as you soak in the word, um, that desire will grow and you'll miss it on the times that you don't get to do that. So yeah, just spending time, whatever that looks like, um, for you. That's so funny that you mentioned discipline too. I, um, I choose, a word at the beginning of every year instead of like New Year's resolutions. I just mm-hmm. yep. do a one word. Um, I saw it in a Bible study actually, but it just talks about focusing on what God wants you to grow in. And this year, my word is discipline actually. So. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It's not a fun word, but right. you're so right that as we do make those daily decisions and daily habits and make those commitments like we do start craving that and it feels wrong when we're not with them it's like right. wait missing that and is teaching me that there can be delight and discipline too like we mm-hmm. can <laughs> enjoy it uh, so off the difference between knowing about God and truly mm-hmm. knowing him truly and knowing him yeah so good because he is he lets us know him when we seek him we'll find him right Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. I love that. And yeah, just that you have your 
daily Bible study and everything. And I know just from knowing you personally <laughs> that you know God's word really well and have read <laughs> oh, it. I don't, well, I do like, to, I do read it, but I do not memorize well. So I in, yeah. envy people that can just quote scripture off the top of their head because I don't memorize very well, but everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you read the Bible? Like, didn't you say, well, I can't do it in a year because that's too much time. Yeah. How fast? Did yeah. You so I did it in three months because I've always wanted, if you look online, you can find them like, probably for any time period, but I don't have the stamina <laughs> to do it for a whole year. Like I know I'll give up or I'll get so far behind that I'll kind of just fall away. So, so I, yes, I found a Bible plan that would do it in three months. So I started in January and finished at the end of March. And for me, I mean, it is a lot on for one day to read through, but I just knew there was no way I was going to be able to do it, um, for a year time period. So anyway, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, that's so cool. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that takes some discipline, but that's funny. It just works different for everybody. I had so. discipline for three months, not a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sweet. So in those three months, did you just come across a passage that was just like your favorite? It just changes according to where you are in your life, I think. But, um, lately with, um, just talking about with my kids about who the, I'm really, you know, my girls are now just entering the teenage years and talking about how their identity is in Christ and not the world will tell them very differently of where their values co or value comes from and where their worth comes from. And I'm really trying to have them see in scripture that, um, you know, their value does not come from their outward appearance or what the world will tell them, you know, how much money they make or what job they get or um, anything like that. So uh, we've been talking a lot about God's call on your life. And I just came across one that I, you know, how you can just read a passage of scripture that you've read your whole life. And then something just completely stands out to you that you've never seen before. And um, for me, this one lately has been Romans eleven twenty nine, and it's real short, but it just says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And to me, we've just talked about that and what that means that God has placed certain gifts in your life. In each of you, he's given you gifts and talents. And, you know, I think in our culture, especially our girls are taught to kind of berate themselves and like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I can't do that or I'm not good at that or this person's better than me at that. And I've just tried teaching them that when you do that, you're limiting what God placed in your life as a talent or a gift or a call. And you're, you're not allowing him to work in your life because you're diminishing what he's given you. Um, so just to kind of embrace the talents and the gifts that he's given you and using them for his purposes to further his kingdom to show others the love of Christ. Um, so that's my favorite scripture right now. I'm sure I could tell you a ton of others. I think when I read through the Bible, um, I just loved reading through the Bible as a whole to see how it really all tied together as one story and reading it through in such a short period of time really 
made me make the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, so for that reason, I would say, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's like ideal to do it in three months, but it was really neat to kind of connect the dots um, in such a short time period. Because if I read like Exodus in January, and then something ties into it, you know, from the New Testament in May, I may not make that connection. So I've never thought about it like that. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that I mean it does tie in and weave in with each other like we were just talking the other day like I wonder how many ways like if you read the Bible in different um order like each time mm-hmm. you read the Bible, yes any funny things like you would notice the just different connections like what like <laughs> right right I believe it for sure <laughs> but you're so right like you could read the same passage like five times and then come across at a different point in your life and notice it and God uses it to speak in a different way and you're like what how have exactly. I never noticed that before exactly but- I had just read um the other day I was reading the feeding of the 5,000 and I came to it and I'm I almost skipped over it because I was like oh I've read this so many times yeah. but I didn't skip over it and um things just stood out to me so much more than they ever had like I sat there and I thought when this happened nobody was begging Jesus for food, right? Um, He anticipated their need. He anticipated them needing food. Nobody was coming to him saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, feed us. Um, But he anticipated their need. And I just realized, wow, Jesus does that with us. God does that with us. He he knows before we know what we need. Um, And he's always there to provide for us. So to me, I just was like, wow, if I had skipped over that, that I've read a hundred times before, I would have missed that. So. Wow. That's really powerful. I love that passage too. It's funny how different people can pull different things. I just Mm -hmm. read that day in the Bible study we do at school. They're talking about that um, passage and they talk about it kind of in the form of like, um, Jesus was doing the miracle for the 5,000 too, but he was also using, that was one of the first times he uses the disciples to Hmm. be involved in something like that. Yes, yes. And so it was kind of his way of like, I mean, discipling them, but (laughs) feeding them and preparing them. Like he was giving them like a little bit of share in his miracle too. Like one's passing out the bread. And so he's letting them experience Mm -hmm. that and how often like, does he let us experience and just get to u- be used by him for just his awesome work? So, so um, true. So true. I love the that he anticipates our need. I've never, I've never thought about that. In that. <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought of it either. So <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. So whoever's listening, go read that passage. And right, right. Fine, <laughs> See what you. What you find. <laughs> we probably not noticed it, but that's awesome. right. <laughs> Well, sweet. Well, I would just love, um, I think there's been so many, I've jotted down some pieces of encouragement for myself to remember from as you're talking, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so good. Oh, um, so glad. <laughs> but if you could give, I know this is such a hard question, but if you could give someone just like one piece of encouragement right now, if you could write it on their mirror, mm-hmm. um, just for them to know right now, what would you say to them? That's a good question. Here is what, talking from my experience, who 
as a military spouse, has moved and been the new person numerous, numerous times. Um, and, you know, and now with children moving them as well, everybody experiences this, whether they're going to a new school or moving like we do at some point in time, most people experience it or even just periods of loneliness where you lose a friend um, and you have that um, gap in your life. And for me, I've just it's taken me a long time, but I've realized, you know, one, if I'm lonely a lot of people around me probably are as well. Um, and a lot of times I don't want to be the one to reach out. Like I'm walking into a new place thinking, oh, they're all best friends already. They don't want new friends or they don't need a friend. Um, and it can kind of drag you down. And it's a cycle where if you don't make yourself available, no one's really going to probably reach out to you. So I've learned over time you know, if I'm lonely, I have to be the one to reach out. I ha it's not, it doesn't feel good. And I would love other people to do it. And sometimes it happens. But overall, if I'm lonely, I want to make connection with people. I need to be the one to reach out. And most of the time when I do that, and when my kids have done that, they are, we reach out to people and they're like, oh, we've been praying for a friend yeah. or I'm so lonely. I have no friends here. And you walk into these situations thinking like I'm thinking of my kids' youth groups. Um, and I'm like, you know, you're walking in there feeling like everybody knows each other. I'm new. I don't know anyone. Nobody's coming up and talking to me. But if you reach out to someone, you find that there are a lot of lonely people out there that are looking and someone has to be the one to reach out. So, um, you know, I am a shy person at heart. Like, I don't like being the one to go and just go up to. I've gotten older now. So if I find someone that I'm like, oh, I really want to be friends with them. <laughs> I do. You know, I may do something I wouldn't have done in my 20s and just really be, you know, hey, I'd really like to get to know you. Why don't you come over for coffee sometime? Um, but I have found in my moving in this transient life that we have because we're military that if you're feeling that way someone else is too and just reach out you know you don't have to be alone there are people that care about you or that will care about you if you just make yourself available so um i think that's probably the one one of the things that i feel um i got better at as i got older you know, when you're younger, you're more conscious of what people think about you and things like that. And as I got older, I'm like, yeah, I just, I need a friend. <laughs> um, and most likely when you reach out to someone or a group of people, they accept you in, they really do. So I'm sure there's exceptions to that, but don't be afraid to take that chance um, because you can miss out on some really, really good friendships. I really love that. That speaks to so many seasons of life I feel like because like you said like we all go through times when we're lonely like right right just need a friend but I love that somebody told me when I was going to college because my first couple weeks there I was like you know I'm so lonely right right <laughs> everyone's meeting their bridesmaids like, yeah. um, <laughs> but someone told me the same thing like Rach be intentional and be yep. invitational like yep Exactly. A, a podcast I listened to called it the 10 foot rule. And so if someone came 
within 10 feet of you, like introduce yourself. Like if she's, hmm. and now maybe six feet, you know, right. But right. <laughs> if someone is six feet from you, introduce yourself and start talking. And if yeah. you, if you like them and you feel like you might have a good connection, like, like you said, be, it might not be comfortable, but to right. do that, go that right. extra mile and see what comes of it. Cause it might exactly. be exactly, exactly. That's great advice. It really is. Yeah. I like that 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that podcast is just speaking before it's time. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. Well, I think that is just an awesome and encouraging place to leave people off wherever they are in their day. Um, so, but yeah, so we'll leave them there. But Lori, I'm so thankful for you and just thankful for this time we got to chat. Well, thank you. It's been great. And I really appreciate you too. And I've loved getting to know you as an adult. And <laughs> and it's been great how God has just, you know, crossed our paths again at this time in our lives. So it's really, it's been a blessing. It really has. So it has been. He's so good. He is. He really is. <laughs>